1: Work off in our results DB database. So the key here, and the the key to the whole structure, is building off of the results and insights that we get from similar slates. So we have thousands of previous slates in our database. What we do is we look at the main slate coming up uh, for that day and for the next day, and we match that slate against. All of the previous slates, we find the 25 most similar slates in terms of how many values there are at different positions, in terms of where the chalk is for pitchers and for hitters, and in terms of some of the big macro things like how many games are on the slates and how many different players there are available at different positions. So there's a lot of texture for how we're looking at it. And then once we match, those previous slates to the current slate. We take the top 25 and we crunch a bunch of numbers there to give you insights into what may be successful in upcoming slates. So, the first thing I want to talk about here is the main table, what we call slate texture on here. And as you'll see, the slate texture has a bunch of different items. It gives you what we call similar and average. Now, similar in this context is based only on the 25 most similar slates that we've calculated here, the average is looking at all slates of a similar type game count. So a similar number of players, similar number of games that are in total in the slate. And we crunch all the different numbers so you can get an idea of how this particular slate probably fares versus what would be on average. Now we give you the cash line for, for 50-50s and double ups. Uh, we give you the GPP line, and we're calling this the top 0.1% of entries, what they averaged on here for the two, we look at the win. So the number one ranked entry for GPPs, what the average was there, obviously it's a lot higher than what you're seeing in the others, and then what you see in, in, in the average. And then below that, we have a bunch of numbers. Now we have stack, ownership, and chalk hit rate. I'll, I'll take stack and ownership together. These are proprietary formulas that we came up with, which weight higher numbers for Either a great deal of stacking, and bigger stacks get a higher weight here, and then ownership—how high the ownership is of particular players. So we're talking about whether or not the chalkiest pitcher and hitter options are much higher than what you would see in a normal slate. And 50 is the average, so you see it comes—it comes in here, and you see this this stack in particular that we're this—and you'll see this slate in particular that we're looking at. Stacking is a little bit less used than it was on average, whereas ownership people are really. Uh, using higher owned players in these similar slates. As we go down, chalk hit rate. Now, this is looking at the top two pitchers and the top five hitters by ownership and all these different slates and how often they're hitting or not, meaning that they're represented in a higher percentage of winning lineups versus what they are for the field. And then as we dig further into you know, game count, just letting you know the averages are about the same here, number of players, as you'd expect, a little bit more here uh, for the similar versus the, the average, and then as you go down, we have the average salaries for the pitchers for the, the most expensive pitcher in the second, and then average ownership for the most expensive in the second here for those different things. So that's kind of the main slate texture table that really enables us to look at everything from a high macro level. And now the, the powerful stuff that we're gonna dig into here, and I think this will be one of the more powerful things, is team stacking. So we have every single team on the slate here. And when we're thinking about this in terms of team stacking, we're looking at four and five hitter stacks. So what we've done is, for each one of these teams, I'm looking at the total level of ownership of all the different batters, all the different nine batters that are in the starting lineup. But I'm also looking at the gradation between uh, the highest, who are the chalkiest players on this, who are the lowest. And I'm also looking at the fantasy point distributions there. And I'm taking these particular teams for tonight's slate. I'm matching them against the closest analogous teams from the 25 most similar slates, and that's how I'm crunching some of these numbers. So like I said, the total ownership comes from what's actually happening on tonight's slate. The winner amount, now this is the top 0.1%, how often they had those similar teams in their winning lineups. The field is the same thing, how often the field had those similar teams in their winning lineups. And then I have uh, the difference between the two, which is a simple subtraction, and then the leverage, which is the winner divided by the field... And then you're seeing the percentage over over the field. So you're seeing here for, for Boston, for instance, it's going to be the most highly owned in total, all these different batters. I'm estimating that the field is going to have this about 10.3% ownership of four or five hitter stacks. Uh, the winners by the similar slates is about 12.5%. So you're getting a little bit of a difference there and you're getting leverage there. And like I said, we're calculating this for every single team on the slate, so I think this is going to be pretty powerful in driving insights from these 25 most similar slates. Uh, the next one we have is stack type leverage. So this is looking at some very popular stack types here, and these are going not going to change. These are going to be the same every single slate. Um, but we're basing this again on the 25 most similar slates. We're looking at uh, winners, the top 0.1%, the field, the difference in the leverage for each of these. You'll find most often, and this may be something that's changing, we'll have to look at over time. You'll find most often that. In the past, these heavy stacks gave positive leverage and maybe were underused in the past. Now, how people are playing these contests going forward, MLB contests, that may have changed. So like I said, we're going to continue to monitor that closely to see what's happening in 2019. Now, the way you read this, if it's 5-3, that means five hitters from one team, uh, three from another. 5-2-1 is five from one, two from another, and then one left there, and so on. So you can see how, how it builds out between your eight hitter options and all these different large stacks four and four four three and one and so on next we have pitcher leverage now this is another powerful one because we're tying every single pitcher on the slate to their most similar counterparts from the 25 most similar slates and we're getting you know our ownership number that chris jimino and the team works on there uh, diligently and we we try to be the the best there and that's a very key component of matching and then we look at similar slates from similar pictures from these slates and we say how often were they in winning lineups and then the leverage that you're seeing in all of these different ones so again as we're scrolling down here you can see we have every single pitcher on the slate and we think that's a pretty important and and valuable tool there uh the leverage is calculated by looking at the the winner ownership based on similar slates versus what we're projecting that they're going to do uh what we're projecting the ownership is going to be, and that's how we get these leverage calculations. So it's a little bit negative when the winner ownership on these similar slates is below what we're projecting. Uh, We go down to hitters. We're doing a little bit less with hitters because there's so many different options. What we're really going to look at is the 10 highest projected ownership hitters here, and you see all these here. And then, again, we're doing the same calculation. We're figuring out, based upon the 25 most similar slates and the most similar players within those slates, how often we expect them to be, In winning top 0.1% lineups, and then figuring out the leverage based upon what we're projecting for ownership. Further down here, we have some charts for your for your viewing pleasures. You can kind of get an idea of looking at this from more of an optic standpoint than the numbers in the tables. So here's a salary spent by position. Looking at starting pitchers, and as you scroll down here, you can see this is the you know the SP1, SP2, and if you look below, it has three different categories. These are the winners of similar slates based upon today this is the field based upon similar slates that we're seeing today and the field average so this is just looking at the average that you would find on this particular game count but not looking specifically at the most similar slate so again uh, how often winners have these uh, um what they're spending on average for these players on similar slates how often what would the field was spending on similar players for these slates and what on average for the number of game count you're looking at what what uh, the field had been spending so this is for pitchers we have the same thing for hitters here uh, we break out the uh, outfielders by the three different positions by salary ranking uh, and you go through here again you have the winners the field and the average for all for all of these different positions and the last set of charts here is another way of visualizing uh, salary tiers so this is the salary tiers for starting pitchers and you can see each one of these tiers so how often is someone uh, a starting pitcher above eleven thousand between nine and ten, eight and nine, and so on all the way down. You can see all these different tiers here, so it gives you an idea of how the texture and this is just purely based upon winners that we 've seen from similar slates and We go down here and we have the same exact thing, the same breakout for hitters. Uh, again, we have these categories that are a little bit different, obviously because the the hitters don 't cost as much, greater than six thousand between five and six between 5,600 and 6,000. These are $500 breakouts where there were 1,000 above because of the pricing of the different positions. So we're hoping this is going to be a great tool for you to use. You can gain a lot of insights here. We're hoping for also a lot of feedback on what else you may want here. But the most powerful thing that we've done here, and I think you'll see, is we're tying these insights from the millions of entries and thousands of contests and our results to actual teams, actual pitchers, actual hitters to try to get an idea of where you may find leverage. Mm -hmm.
2: Roto-Grinders, Dean here. at Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it's 5.02 on the East Coast, 2.02 on the West Coast, 4.02. Tennessee time, which, of course, which is time for the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's spots about fantasy draft. It's going today. It's today. Uh, it's Big T. You may know from such things as the podcast. <laughs>
3: Every time.
2: <laughs> I always forget the name of your podcast. I literally just forgot it. Like, it's... Uh, the print factory. There you go. The people know. Every
3: time you pretend you don't know,
2: I'm not pretending. I'm just i get the uh, <laughs> early stage something. But uh, I get I get a little loopy. Forget you. Okay, you might remember remember Big T from such things as a uh, uh, screenshot life from the Twitter machine. Big T, you 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 pull off the unprecedented in the same night, two different sports. You banked them both, uh, the basketballs and the baseball. So you're rolling over there in a uh, in, in the dough. So congratulations on that.
3: It's been a good week. Basketball playoffs have just, I don't know if you've been playing, but like basketball playoffs have been just so good. Like every night, not shippers like that, but every night's been
2: just really good. Have you been playing? So I wasn't playing and then I talked to a a mutual friend of ours who was doing really well and I'm like, maybe I should start playing. He's like, yeah. Uh, I'm not even making the best lineups necessarily, and I'm still winning. And I started dabbling, and I think it's really, really soft out there. And
3: it's like really, really soft. Like it's it's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, people just aren't following. I don't know what they're following. Maybe there's not enough content out there DFS wise. I'm not really sure why. Uh, and also, there's probably some new fans that are just kind of like I guess I'll play yeah. some DFS basketball. I
3: think that's what it is. Seriously, I think I mean there's a lot a of, lot of sharp people still, but there's a lot of like newer people that lo- love the one and two game slates too.
2: Yeah, and I don't like those. And that was – my question was always like, well, what's the edge here? Like, doesn't everybody know to play this guy, this guy, and this guy? And then, then it's just like a coin toss between, the, you know, the, the sixth guy and the seventh guy essentially. But that wasn't – I mean, like, I, I did well for the most part. Uh, I'm definitely profitable. It. Uh, I don't think I'm playing tonight, T, because um,
3: – Tonight, think, like, has the best tournaments they've had all postseason too. Like, there's a, some really nice ones
2: on DK, like really nice ones. The thing is, though, time is a commodity, and they start, what, like 7 o'clock – on the East coast and baseball. NBA, no, that's the best
3: part about NBA though. It doesn't take time because the minutes are locked in. Like you already, you know, all, everything you need to know.
2: Yeah. That, 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 actually does make some sense there. And I see our mutual friend uh, in, chat, uh, in chat, in chat, in chat as well, by the way, uh, talking it's man going spoiler alert. He was doing really well in basketball too. When he's talking about the, uh, the 18, a- ATM machine, that's a, uh, that's a big preseason basketball for sure. Preseason, postseason basketball. you're, you're so even tonight.
3: Oh, I can't. I, I called them all out on Twitter. I said, just send them all to the DMs tonight. <laughs> What's the line? The, I don't know. it.
2: It's, I, I would guess it would be three, three, four. The, I don't
3: know. The big free line tonight was just like minus 120 or minus 110. So it's basically a pick them.
2: Yeah, I, I presume that, you know, that, that feels like a series. It's probably going to go seven. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe go six and Milwaukee takes it down. But I got a little bit of money on Milwaukee as far as a series. I, I'm fairly certain you're on a, you're on the Boston side of the series as well. I think Boston's going to win the next three games. Oh, come on. Stop it. (laughs) Boston
3: in six.
2: No, stop it. Why do you hate Milwaukee so much, man? Well, you hate Giannis specifically because eh, we don't tie.
3: He's not going to get 22 free throws tonight. I'll promise you that. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to keep battling the guy, what do you want? What do you you want the refs to stop? If you can't breathe on the dude, then maybe he will shoot 22. I mean, like. I, it's like a football game in there when, when he gets touched like every single time he's just running in there full steam and just wanting a foul
2: call um uh, well I mean wanting a foul call <laughs> I mean if he doesn't
3: get if he ever gets any contact like it's the end of the world it's like James Harden at seven foot
2: <laughs> Harden gets more calls than, uh, than Giannis I think we can could, we could agree on that yes
3: I mean besides that last game I would agree yes
2: yeah. Um, by the way,
3: they're, they're Boston's going to get a great whistle. Tonight. I can't wait to hear Milwaukee whine about the whistle tonight. Like, oh, how'd Kyrie get that touch call? And uh, all that stuff's coming up
2: Is it time to modify the Kyrie rankings, by the way? Is he back out of the top 20? Because, uh, you know, is he playing in this series? Is he available? How's he been doing? Because I haven't seen him do much. You'll see him tonight, big boy. He shows up once every four games.
3: Oh, once every – here we go. I mean, he's like,
2: probably – carried
3: by everyone like he could he never could win without lebron
2: <laughs> exactly they, they, they gotta call him leap year it's his new nickname oh, yeah. um i yeah. can't
3: wait i'm gonna start talking trash to you about it now too. <laughs> I just love it. i'm gonna add you to my list here
2: <laughs> you're like Arya stark over there with your list i i, I, just, yeah, I just exactly right before bed i'm saying my list every night <laughs> <laughs> <Going on it. laughs> i just love agitating and getting all the Kyrie lovers so, so riled up because you know whatever at he's, he's good but yeah they they think he's better than he actually is and you're back out of your top 20 again now i mean it's always fluid, but he's probably still
3: is it is westbrook still ahead of him Uh, oh we got a little pause finally now it's a it's a conversation he used to laugh at me when i'd bring that up
2: i don't know if i'd laugh at you oh you laughed
3: at me for that conversation for sure
2: <laughs> the funny thing is, is Kyrie does like one thing really well. Giannis, you love him. Giannis does everything well, but one thing, and you hate it's the, it. That's literally the one thing I value most, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, fair yeah. enough. Um, let, let's talk some baseball. This is an awesome slate. It's like an opening day slate, almost to some extent, with all the studs that are be rolled out there. uh Obviously, it's a nine gamer. Uh, you know, the, the, that's kind of the key to the slate, right, T. And I know me and you, we, we kind of approach these things like you have in the past. Uh, I know you like to build lineups. We go in, like, double barrel elite stud arms. We got Cole. We got DeGrom. We got Scherzer. We got Snell. We got, like, secondary guys, that, secondary, secondary guys that used to be kind of studs. Or at least, you know, have shown flashes. Uh, Bueller, Paddock, of course, is showing flashes too. Uh, it's just a matter of how long they're going to let him pitch. Cole Hamels, you know, not, not the greatest K-rate, but he's facing the, you know, the Marlins team. It's absolutely dreadful in the weather is perfect for pitching as well. Bauer is pitching also, just not on the slate. Pablo Sandoval pitched earlier today. Did you happen to catch what he did, the Panda?
3: I did not catch that, but it couldn't have been good.
2: No, it was amazing. So uh, I didn't watch the game. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't play the early slate. Did he strike but, someone out? So I don't know if he struck anybody out, but I'll t- in the same game, Pablo Sandoval, now he, he has all the, he's on Team girth. He's like the captain of Team Girth, right? Pablo Sandoval, uh, Big Panda, uh, he hit a home run, he stole a base. How did and, he steal a base? And he had a clean inning. And, and, and he pitched a clean inning. In did the same, they lose, too? Well, yeah, they got walled. He wouldn't be pitching if the game was like 3-2.
3: <laughs> I mean, they could have been up big, too, or something.
2: That's one of those unwritten rules in baseball, which I think is kind of dumb. Like, if my team's up like 19-3, to 3, why can't I put like my, you know, I want to save my bullpen, too. Why can't I put like my left fielder in the pitch? And he gives up a couple of runs. Who cares? But for whatever reason, it's only the team getting their face punched in that's allowed to do that. <laughs>
3: right? Yeah, I mean, some of the baseball unwritten rules are t- just terrible. The bat flips just – Oh, stop. Yeah,
2: The
3: only one I kind of agree with is the throwing at people. I don't mind that as much as – people get so sad about throwing – I'm sure you're on that end too. I can see you being mad
2: at someone. Well, it's that. a weapon. It's literally a weapon. You're throwing a weapon at – especially <laughs> you throw it at a guy's head. Like Urania throwing oh, at – Has anyone you. ever got hurt from it, Dean? Yeah, the dude for the Red Sox like seventy years ago, like lost his entire career because seventy of. years ago. Yeah, he was a he was a lefty. I can't remember the guy's you name it because somebody got hurt seventy years ago. Well, I'm sure there's somebody else. Like I'm just not thinking of it. the chat will help us out with this. I imagine.
3: I don't think anyone's ever got hurt from just getting thrown out on purpose. Well, hurt or injured? There's a lot of guys that got hurt. Or, or, or you
2: mean you're saying injured?
3: It shouldn't feel good if you did something wrong.
2: Well. okay. Uh, not a lot of times it's just because of the rules of the you're game. like
3: the parent at the kids game that screams that someone's gonna get hurt when they don't like the refereeing like my uh, kid's
2: gonna get hurt screaming at them you're that guy I, I I don't have any kids but if I did I would like to think that I'm the parent just shuts up because
3: <laughs> that's good then. we're good
2: I mean I mean you know I, I've been to the kids games before and of course I was a kid I played games too and uh like the parents some of the parents are just the worst uh, and like, I have a friend of mine right now who's coaching basketball, like a bunch of kids, and like it's like eight year old girls. And like oh, every parent has an opinion on the game, you know, oh, just,
3: the parents just got to shut up. Right. Ah, uh, the, the, parents are really, really bad at games. I can't even like my brother plays, he, he's going to be a senior and I can't even sit with the parents. Cause like even my parents, oh man, it's brutal. They want every foul call they want. Oh, it, it's, it's impossible to listen next to him.
2: My brother ref soccer when he was a young dad down in South Florida. They take their soccer very seriously down in South Florida. And he was refing like a seven or eight year old game or so. And he got chased off the field. Like one of the parents wanted to like,
3: kill him. Like that's <laughs> just just bad. Like that's embarrassing. <laughs> and he just ran away.
2: He's like, he just, <clears throat> I don't know if that game ever ended. I think it's still currently in suspension because he never came back. He's like, that's, that's it. Uh, I'm done. This is not. He's doing like eight bucks a game or something like that. Yeah, like
3: always. That's exactly what always happens.
2: This is not for me. <laughs> and
3: the I mean, it goes all the way down too. Like you got like kindergarten kids out there, and the parents are like that. It's just it blows my mind. I don't get it.
2: The funny, the chat saying, "I'm the guy that would never." You'd think I would never shut up, but I think I would like to think I would shut up. Uh, you know, uh, who knows? As far as you know, giving my opinion as far as that. T um, this this slate is uh let's let's talk about what it's defined by. It's a nine gamer. It's it's packed with studs. It's garrett Cole. It's the Grom. It's scherzer It's Snell, and it's the Red Sox. Like, is that the most? It's that's the clear picture as far as this slate, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd say the pitching. I don't, man. I know the Reds. The Red Sox are going to be chalky for sure. I don't mm-hmm. know, like, the Red Sox is, as chalk just haven't done it for me all year really but i do like i like a few of them of course i do i mean they're in a good spot but yeah i mean for me it's just the pitching like there is so much pitching on the slate that i could sell myself on so much good pitching too even like the cheaper guys are good to me like our boy martin perez is on steroids or something cheese told me so
2: like, <laughs> he's up. so perez is a his uh his fastballs faster his velocity is up and he's got a brand new picks uh, pitch mix that's a working for him as well. Of course, he's not in the best ballpark. Of course, he's in the AL, but he's facing a Toronto team that's not particularly good. It's funny. I didn't really project the start here.
3: Uh, I don't know. It was just that he was at the top of, like, the, the time list for me. Uh, up towards the top is the only reason I saw him. But, like, yeah, that's just an example of how deep pitching is, though. Like, if he was on a different slate, like, yesterday or the day before where there were some bad pitchers, like, he'd be clearly the top guy. And tonight, you don't even really know he's on the slate.
2: Well, we could say that about like six dudes, though. If you know, know. if we could say if this guy was on a different slate, if that guy was on a different yeah. slate, of course you're gonna roster two guys on FanDuel, on One on FanDuel, and you know I think it's okay. So Cole DeGrom, Scherzer, Snell. How do you separate those guys?
3: Yeah, I mean they're all uh, Snell's for sure. The bottom for me, uh, I, I don't I don't know why uh, that that Arizona team is gritty, and I don't I don't know. I just don't feel as good about Snell. I guess. other guys are all in the same bucket my my two favorites are for sure Cole and DeGrom and I kind of like Hamels just as much just because on all these projection systems like I I trust the bat and Cardi give it a little plug but I trust it for pitching as much as anything and he's got Cole projected right in that range with them basically for like a a decent amount cheaper
2: you want to stack the Coles tonight Garrett and, uh, and Hamels
3: I uh, definitely, definitely like both. So I hate Cole Hamels is the weird thing. But with this projection being this high, it's tough for me not to like him in Miami.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the, Well, it's at home versus the, Miami. The, versus Miami. The, like, uh, the weather is also super conducive to pitching. I was taking a peek. Uh, you're talking about the Cardi's, uh, uh, what Cardi has going on there at the bat. I was taking a peek at the weather edge from Roth uh and let me see if like well let me we'll, uh, pull it up in a second or
3: Wrigley's so. like the best field too like when it when you get the good hitting environment you play the hitters when you get the good pitching environment you play the pitchers and I feel like more times than not it works out really good in your favor
2: last night I saw that uh it had like a massive jump uh, and the weather edge for raw but that Chicago game was a night game and I was like I saw the line was 10 and I'm like can eh, is an okay pitcher Wayne writes it you know these guys are competent and the line is 10 you know, and I was I was good, I was like waiting for it to go to nine and a half to bet the be over, and it never went to nine and a half. And they put up like sixteen or seventeen runs or something. Like that. Whenever it looks too big, just jump on that over. Yeah. So as of right now, these numbers are fluid. Obviously, it's always changing. It's always being updated, but based upon sixty-five previous games and this weather in Chicago, home runs of big T are down negative forty-seven point two percent. So the Marlins are going to go from zero home runs projected to zero home runs projected. Uh, I mean, they got
3: some dude named John Bertel in there, or Birdie or whatever that dude's name is.
2: He's terrible. The, 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 the name you wanted to see pop. Now, unfortunately, Martin Prados there, who's kind of like La Tortuga, like he doesn't strike out, which is, you know, he's not a, a bat that's imposing. He's like, he's like a La Tortuga that like can't hit, but he's going to ground out and he's going to pop out. Uh, but the one name you want to see in there, as far as that Marlins lineup, is O'Brien. O'Brien is an absolute disaster. Uh, this, this guy struck out... Uh, 33.3% in his career uh, against lefties, against righties, even more. I was taking a look at his, uh, you know, his career. He's like struck out like 69 times out of like 170 or so. And like, naturally, you get your first inclination, 69, nice. 69, not nice. 69 strikeouts, like 170 bats. That is not good. Uh, so he's it's great to see him in there. Birdie's another guy who said, checks to strike out a good bit. Galloway can strike out too. Collectively at 21 point, 20.1% as far as versus lefties. You think last year's numbers and this year's numbers. But again, at the top is Prado and it's Rojas. And it's not even so much the collective number. It's also those guys are going to see more at bats. Like Hamels is more likely to see those guys three times as opposed to seeing O'Brien three times. So I don't know how many Ks are there, uh, but run prevention, from a run prevention perspective for Hamels, he feels like such a lock against this awful, awful Marlins team. I mean his K projections pretty
3: high too on on all the like the betting books. I mean they got him basically between seven and eight Ks. So like that's big for Hamels, and uh, I don't know. Hamels is going to be a tough fade for me tonight. Like he's just like you said, even say he doesn't strike a lot of guys out, give him five Ks. Like he's just not going to give up much against this lineup. I don't think. So, if you tell me I'm getting
2: seven Ks out of Hamels, I love it. I just love it.
3: Um, I mean, right now, the the six and a half on, on this book is the over is minus 140 at six and a half. So, like, I think you got to start them
2: at like seven for a projection. Let me go ahead and pull up the lineup HQ. You know, we do the premium peak at some time later in the show. Maybe we'll show that a little bit of the umpire stuff, a little bit of the K prop stuff. Uh, as of, according to Rotor Grinders, let's see what we have here in the uh, try to pull up the Cole Hamels projection. Is he not in here? Oh six and a half. Yeah, it's six and a half You know, the juice appears to be on the over excess because it's minus one thirty nine. Yeah, that's what uh,
3: yeah basically what I'm seeing too. Like minus one forty.
2: I think we have some of the umpires. Of course we don't have, have them all because a lot of these series are just starting to that's my
3: favorite part of lineup HQ, by the way. If you're showing that like yeah I mean you go in there I love looking at pictures on there because you get all the info in one spot. Projection, K props, umpire data everything in one
2: spot so we got Cole DeGrom and Scherzer all projected for eight and a half Ks the various degrees of juice uh minus 130 for Cole minus 112 for DeGrom minus 120 for Scherzer uh for me you know cash games tournaments I think Scherzer's like the ultimate like he's the tournament guy right
3: yeah I mean for sure because just for me I do I I look at pitcher's way different than a lot of other people do like I'm super chalky at pitcher which is weird for me because I'm such a contrarian GPP type guy but I love just jamming the best pitchers in there and taking my chances with whoever for hitter give me whatever for hitters I'll find hitters I always say that but I want the pitchers locked in to give me a chance because if you miss pitcher it doesn't matter really what you do other places so I don't know with Max like I just don't think I can play him tonight. I, I, this Milwaukee team, I feel like, always is just good. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't want to play Yellich at the top. I don't. Gamble's a tough out at the top. I mean, they can go with, what, six lefties. I just, I know he's a good tournament play, but this is a good example on a pitching slate like this. <laughs> I just don't think I can play Max. I know it's probably a good tournament play. I just can't do
2: it. So let's, let's take last year and this year as far as the splits for Max and as far as the lefties and righties for Milwaukee. Uh, the lineup is out. we got Gamble, Yellich, Grandal, Moose, Shaw. So we're starting off with five lefties. And then Eric Thames is batting seventh as well. So we got uh, six of the eight actual hitters are left-handed. And we know the splits as far as Max is much better as far as the K perspective against righties. Uh, 37.9% versus righties, which is awesome. And 30.7% against lefties, which is still really good, but not as awesome. Uh, he's been unlucky this year for what it's worth, you know, 32.8% K percentage in a small sample size this season, uh, 10% homer in the fly ball rate, which is, you know, actually that's kind of sort of lucky to some extent, but Babbitt has got him at a 377 batting average on balls in play, which is which kind of speaks to his four ERA, and a 276 Sierra. And if you're watching the last game, it was a Robles? Somebody screwed him out there in right field, gave him three runs in the first inning. That had nothing and it was not his fault. I guess maybe the, other guy could, the guy's getting on to some extent, but it was just kind of goofy and he still salvaged it. Uh, he still was a beast like the, the rest of the game struck out like seven or eight, got of bounced back. And again, the box score looks a little bit, I wouldn't say bad, but not elite, but it actually was a pretty elite start. Um, and we'll talk about Yelich and those guys in a second. I think Yelich is like the best tournament play in the slate from a hitting perspective.
3: Yelich is just the man like he's any slate you can get him even remotely low owned is a great slate for me, especially against a right-hander. I don't care if it's Max. Max gives up home runs. I mean, I know he's great. I'm not saying he's not. He is great. He's probably my favorite pitcher if I had to pick one guy to go to battle for me. But Yelich is good, man. It, it, I mean, he's 10 for 26 against him with three bombs. Oh, Not everyone believes in BVP, but if he's already one of the best hitters and he's got good BVP
2: and he's going to be low owned, seems like a pretty good play to me. I don't not believe in BBP. I just don't value it as much as other people do, I suppose. I think it's a thing. I don't know how much of a thing it is. Uh, and I also, I also like to look at, like, you know, the stack cast stuff as far as how hard they're hitting it. Uh, I like to look at who's controlling the bat from a strikeout walk perspective as well. It's all about the soup,
3: right? you got to throw as many ingredients in there that help you as you can.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, you know, th- th- that's sort of my perspective as well, too. I don't overvalue but it. I guess, and it also kind of confirms we do know that Max uh, is really yeah. vulnerable. If he's vulnerable to one thing, like, you know, Giannis can't shoot threes. He's still elite. Max struggles with lefty power sometimes. He's still elite. A little,
3: a little correlation. Like, there's a world where he pitches a gym tonight and still gives up two bombs, both to Yelich. Like, there's a world that happens.
2: It's not nuts to play, like, Travis Shaw and Max in the same lineup, I don't think. Because Shaw I is actually like
3: stupid. it just because, like, say you love a stack. Say you love Boston. You want to be different. Plug two Milwaukee guys in there like that. If they're the ones that hit a bomb for you, like – You got a chance to win a lot of money that night.
2: What are we doing with uh, Garrett Cole, who like this year, 37.6% K%, which is awesome. Uh, He's got an ERA just under four, but like he's been super lucky as well. If you, you, again, look at the Sierra at 2.88, he's facing a Kansas city team that there is some strikeouts there collectively with that 24.1%. You got Soler, plenty of K's uh, Gutierrez, Malvinado, you know, Bham. Of course, if these guys get on base, is a pretty fast team and, I'm fairly certain Garrett Cole, again, his, you know, his inability to hit the recess correlation, his tricky part is he's not good at holding on runners, correct? Did you confirm that as I kind of check in? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. For
3: him. That's one thing I'm not overly piped in with is the <laughs> who's good with holding people on. But, I mean, there's not that many people that steal these days anyway, so I don't pay attention to it as they're much. They're all in like Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City's one of those teams that definitely worries you. I don't know. Like, Cole, I mean, he's minus 280 right now. Good K prop against a team that I don't really fear all that much outside of speed. Yeah, so
2: I, I just pulled this up, Big T, as, as you're talking, as far as the premium reports on the plate IQ, uh, the stolen base threat rating. Number one on the slate, Billy Hamilton. Number two, Adaberto Mondesi. Number five, uh, Will Mer- so, uh And it's funny because we have all these studs. The Grom is another guy you can get stolen on. <clears throat> Margot's in there. Myers on there. Of course, you know, the tricky part is you can't steal first base, right? If you could, Billy Hamilton would be uh, an all-star. And I believe Snell is the guy you can run on, too. It's funny, all these guys out there, uh, elite pitchers, they are vulnerable to stolen bases. Cole, DeGrom, and Snell. Again, the tricky part is getting on. But um, And you're not necessarily – I guess you can – as, like, my cheap one-off, uh, that, that's a route to get points, I suppose. But I'm not necessarily using this to attack. Uh, what are we doing with, with Snell? Of course, as it's going back to the DL – Uh, He was dealing with a a toe. Uh, He has not been good. Uh, But if you look at the data, like, the velocity is perfectly fine. And he's just been kind of unlucky. I think the bad was around, like, 400 uh, for both of those starts. And he wasn't getting hit hard as far as the hard hit rate. So it just seems like goofiness. But that said, it it also kind of seems unnecessary because he's, like, the same price as Cole And this. You know, we talk about Hamels a little bit cheaper. I'm not going to discourage anybody from rostering Stell, but I think he's, like, the first stud out for me. I'm not sure if I'm going to get there. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I can't place now. I mean, Arizona people don't love them, but they got nine righties in the lineup tonight. They got my boy Wilmer, who's always a beast against lefties. Ahmed's a beast against lefties. They got, they got a tough lineup for lefties, and especially a guy that hasn't quite looked right. I mean, he's he's been a little iffy for most of these starts. So again like if this was a different slate I mean because there's cheap guys we're going to get to too that I think are really good plays tonight so I don't think it's really a two stud night for me I mean maybe if you like a cheap stack you can for sure but uh, Snow, I just like I can't play him over Hamels and I can't play him I probably can't even play him over Scherzer so I agree that he's probably I mean if I had to rank the top guys he'd be the bottom of that top tier
2: uh, he's got this guy named LaCastro starting off against him, who I, I was checking out before the show. I wasn't aware of this guy's existence. and I'm like, why is this guy leading off?
3: Got to be good or decent. Well,
2: he's just fast. He strikes out a ton, um, and he's, he's fast. If he gets on base, he's going to steal. Uh, but, he, again, this guy's not particularly good. He wasn't good in the minors, but he showed a lot of speed in the minors. But he also showed the ability, showed the ability to strike out a lot of minors. And you mentioned all the righties there. Like, Snell is still really good against righties. His split is not that dramatic. Of course, better versus lefties and the K. The K rate is still pretty good, 31.4% as opposed to 338 uh, against righties. Um, Father, you mentioned your boy Wilmer. Didn't you win your tournament this weekend with, like, all your favorite lefty, lefty masters? It's
3: just how I play baseball. Like, it's never going to change. It's won for years, don't it? Like, it's just what I believe in. Like, you stack – and you play guys with decent splits or guys that are too cheap. And that's just my fillers. Like, yeah, it was my Reds
2: and then all the lefty masters, Wilmer and Gary and Nelson Cruz and Arenado. That's a good segue, by the way, to have a conversation about Steve Pierce tonight, because I know he's your boy, but also he's not hot. He's the opposite of hot. I never
3: worry about that, though. With Like, so he's, he's on the chalk stack of the night. He's in the seven hole, which people hate. Like, people, I don't know why, because it's baseball. Sure, you lose one at bat, but. All it takes is one at bat to, to pay off the night. So I'm good with him in the seven. I'm good with him. In, I, he's multi-position eligible on some sites, which is nice. I, I don't care at all that he's been cold just because I think he's a really good play.
2: Yeah, I I, I, mean, I don't care about that so much. Again, I want to know the guys hit the ball hard. Uh, that's kind of more so as far as the actual results. But my, my, my concern with Pierce is that he might get the hook. He like, he might only get two at bats, when means that. Means leaves, leaves the game and it's a tight game. Uh, Mitch Moreland's not playing today Ben Benintendi's not playing today uh, there are some dudes in that bench that can definitely relieve him so that's my one hiccup and, uh, he's also going to be fairly popular I believe so uh, for cash you think he's going to be popular he's so cheap yeah like, like on Fanduel he's like 2-2 two, two. On, on DK he's 3-7 on Fandle's draft he's like 7-5 I think he's going to be fairly popular
3: um, Eduardo Nunez has been heating up a little bit too down there with him so I don't I'm always a bottom of the lineup guy too and I don't mind playing those two together to kind of get off some of the chalkier Boston guys
2: and also like Steve Pierce versus lefties is not like a secret right like I think most people are gonna be it's like that,
3: it wasn't like it was a few years ago where like no one would play him and even in the playoffs, we just talked about how good playoffs NBA was but last year in the playoffs no one was playing him because he was expensive and I just would keep printing. And then that last World Series, when he hit all those bombs, people still didn't have him.
2: So you said there's some other guys. And there's a guy I want to say. I don't want to say it, but he's pitching in a terrible ballpark. He's been, like, one of the worst pitchers on the slate going the season, if not the worst, uh, you know, as far as what's, who's pitching tonight. Uh, Chassin, historically, has been much better against righties as opposed to lefties. The, the Nationals, team they're like the Yankees' National League right now. They're, I mean, of course, we know Harper's not there anymore. Uh, Soto is hurt. Zimmerman is hurt. Uh, uh, Big City Matt Adams is hurt. Rendon is hurt. Do you see this lineup for Washington today? It's it's the uh, you know it's not good. Uh, but Chasen has been bad, but it's also loaded with a bunch of righties, and it's a good ballpark for hitting. These he's are like the forward.
3: spots I try to stay away from. Like he's going to be popular because of how bad this lineup is. I know right now it says he's nineteen percent or something on DK, but like he's going to be higher just because how bad the lineup is and how cheap he is. I would rather just play a different, I mean, Martin Perez I'd rather play at, at six, six. So I, I mean, he's fine. Don't get me wrong. Like I, you can play him for sure against this awful team, but this is kind of the spot I try to stay away from in baseball. I'd rather play two studs. I'd rather play a lower own cheap guy. He's just been bad. And like, I know the hitters look bad in the lineup, but I don't worry about that as much as other people. I feel like, sometimes we fall into that trap with these just awful lineups and then they go and they just, they're happy to be in the lineup and they're playing harder than some of the good guys. And I don't know, like he's a fine play, but I just don't think he's for me.
2: And then we just like, we're a half hour into the show. We haven't talked about Jacob Degrom, who's facing, you know, nice ballpark out there in San Diego. He's facing a pile of righties. We might see one lefty in Osborne. You know, Degrom splits in uh, you know, the last two years, thirty-five point eight percent K percentage against righties, a point zero two ISO, uh, a WOBA of two eighteen. Uh, you know, he's also great too. And like, I, I'm trying to get my cash games with a combination of both Coles and Degrom. I'd love to get Garrett Cole and Degrom. I don't know if I can get there because I feel like I'm sacrificing. Well, I know, but i probably sacrifice one of those Red Sox. I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, what's your thought as far as Jake?
3: Yeah, that's the funny thing that we haven't talked about him because he's my he's my favorite of the top, what, the, the four guys that are basically the highest guys, not not including Cole Hamels, but the, the, he's probably my favorite of the night, even including Hamels. My, my two guys at the top would be Hamels and DeGrom. And I like DeGrom a lot more than I, I like Cole and Scherzer. Like if I was playing one team, my main team tonight, I will almost for sure have DeGrom on it, whether it's DeGrom and Hamels or DeGrom and a cheap guy. I just like picking on this San Diego. I know San Diego has a little more power than they've had in the past, but I still like picking on them with the power righty like they like they got tonight.
2: Yeah. Um, and I, I think speaking of San Diego, I think Paddock's a great arm. He's still kind of getting babied. And if you look at his uh, you know his box scores, he's been pitching fairly deep. That's just he's been he's been he's been super efficient. <clears throat> Last time out, he went six innings, 89 pitches, seven innings before that, 83 pitches uh 88 and 88 before that he's yet to crack the 90s as far as his pitches and his price is just too close to um uh, the other guys where i, I mean look i'm not going to discourage it for tournaments again great arm maybe you can be efficient again you're going
3: to discourage then i haven't heard you discourage anybody you keep saying i'm not going to discourage this guy Nick. you can't play them all well i'm not going to play nicholas <laughs> oh, oh you're not going to play nicholas okay <clears throat> You're stepping out on a limb there.
2: Well, you're asking. I mean, you know, he's got a good nickname, Lizard King. That doesn't get you any uh, fantasy points. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, I, that's a good pitching environment. I guess that's the argument for him. Most he's been pretty Which terrible.
3: Which good guy aren't you playing? You're not playing all seven of these top guys.
2: Yeah, so I, I said both Coles and, and DeGrom are probably my main cash game mix. I, I imagine to be two of those three. Uh, Scherzer for tournaments, for sure. I'm probably not going to get to Snell. Uh, Walker Bueller is a no for me. Uh, you know good ballpark but like it's just you're not getting a discount based upon uh, how how well how poor he's been so far this year not necessary Uh, Paddock I'm probably not going to play I don't play enough lineups but I understand why you would play him Uh, Velasquez in theory against these righties on St. Louis should be good but he's too expensive and also he doesn't he doesn't go deep he's got like one of the the shortest leashes of anybody so that's a pass so I'm giving you all these passes Uh, Gausman by the way don't be scared if you guys wanted to play him he was suspended but he's appealing so he is going to fix tonight but he's also facing the Dodgers and all his lefties. He got suspended
3: for that weak throw behind we, we were talking about at the beginning of the show?
2: I mean, he got kicked out of the game. Was that essentially a suspension?
3: And then he didn't even hit him.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to get your money's worth. Right? I didn't know
3: he got suspended. That's classic.
2: Just happened like an hour ago or so, it just cracked. Uh, but he is appealing, so we will be pitching. Uh, I love Strowman as a real-life pitcher. He's yet to get up a homer. All the ground balls are back. He's legit, but also, like, he cares more about his baseball team than your fantasy team because he doesn't care for strikeouts. Uh, and this Minnesota lineup is not one to be messed with. So, you know, I'm probably not going to go there. There's a bunch of guys. I'm not going to play Junis. I'm not going to play. I know he's been better and the fly balls have been suppressed of late last, last year in the back half, of the second half, cheese was talking about in his musings today. And of course this year as well, that has continued Junis uh, no longer giving up as many fly balls as he used to. Uh, Kelly is kind of like Nicholas. You know, he also pitched over an Asia, for what it's worth, but uh, not a lot of K's there. Uh, nice ballpark. But again, that, we're getting condensed prices. I'm sure you've noticed this with the pitchers, right, T? As far as, um, you know, the, the top pitchers, their pricing has been squeezed down, and, like, the bottom pitchers, their prices have been squeezed up, with yeah. the exception of Josh Smith today, who is facing Baltimore. He's going to throw in baseballs, and he's super, super cheap. Uh, and if the word is out, I was reading this as well, and she's he was talking about uh, Cora, the manager, was saying it be 12 to 15 outs. So we're looking at a possibility of four to five innings. It gives you a different mix as far as sticks, obviously. Uh, of course, we all these good pitchers we like, there's a big opportunity to cost a pitcher, but they can only get so many points. And if you open up, a, you know, four or five big bats and they all go nuts, like if Josh Smith puts up like 12, you're good. Uh, what's your take here?
3: This is, uh, this is hard for me because I usually like putting in a guy like this with a stud, but I don't know if it's worth it tonight. Like these top guys there's going to be a few of them get you well well up there in points and i don't know if there's enough offense on this slate so you got boston and you got a few other spots i mean you got boston right now implied five four you got nobody else so you got two teams above five both are going to be chalky and then you got i just feel i don't see the reason i guess like Everyone that plays Boston, this is a good way to lose at baseball, by the way. Like, play a stud pitcher with Josh Smith and stack the good Red Sox. Like, that's a good way to lose tournaments in baseball. That's really bad to do that. What if a perfect combination? Unless you just have three, like, total, like, off-the-wall plays to go with it. Like, don't, don't make that combination and think you're going to win. But I don't know. I just think it's the wrong slate for him. I mean, I could certainly use him. Like, say, I don't know – I don't know which team it would be I'd have to like fall in love with the team like say the Cardinals or some team if I wanted to stack the Cardinals or Philadelphia some random team like that with their best five then I could maybe use them but I don't want to use them on a chalk stack like Houston or Boston put it that way
2: I think we agree and that's why we spend so much time in pitchers I think pitchers pitchers dictate this slate and you know of course any offense can come out of nowhere and put up 15 runs we don't necessarily see coming but uh, we're going to go around the horde and talk about our favorite hitters in each position, and I feel like it's going to be like, I guess I'll play this. There's not a lot of guys up pop for me. Uh, there's not a lot of places I want to exploit. It can be like, there's
3: so many good pitchers. Like, every game, there's not many bad pitchers on the slate. Put it that way.
2: Correct. Uh, as far as the hitters, um, I, I guess it's about Boston. The uh, Spoiler alert. It's about Boston. Who's your favorite Red Sox
3: I mean, Pierce, I mean, we talked about it already. Obviously, I love the top guys. I mean, if I had to pick one guy besides Pierce that's like technically one of the better ones, I think this Chavis or what is that? How you pronounce his name? Chavis? Yeah, Michael Chavis.
2: He's just he's, yeah. his price has yeah. uh, jumped up pretty quickly. He looks legit. The power I looks like, Yeah,
3: I like that price bump, though. And you got Devers right below him. People might play Devers over him. I don't know. But like, no, lefty,
2: lefty, they run away from that because they don't realize John Beans will only see him twice.
3: Yeah, I mean, which makes Devers a pretty good play then, too, just to point that out. Like, if everyone's going to play Chavis righty-lefty, then Devers becomes a pretty good play if no one's going to play him. But like always, I mean, the chalk stack like this, I like them all. I mean, I could even Jackie Bradley lefty-lefty, at the bottom of the lineup, you might only see him once and then get some of that bullpen. And he finally hit a bomb, didn't he? He's been ice all year, but I think he finally hit one.
2: I think he's hitting the ball hard though, which is uh, good enough for me. I know the results haven't necessarily been there for JBJ, but the, the price is down, and he's yet to hit a homework for what it's worth. He still. No, he
3: didn't hit one yesterday. It must have been like a double or something. I don't know.
2: One for Not three or two runs. It might have, yeah, might have been a it nope, Wasn't a double. It I was, swear he
3: hit a bomb the other day because I almost played him, but maybe it was it was just an RBI something or other.
2: And I also, he's on the road, so I think he's. I mean, I don't want to say he's guaranteed, but he feels guaranteed to get those four at bats. So, like, I, I don't really care where he's hitting the order. If He's getting four at bats. I'm good. Um, and if things are going incredibly well, I guess he can get five, but that's probably not going to happen. That's going to be reserved for the guys at the top of the order.
3: It is going to be hard for Boston to not score some runs with this line. This lineup's murdered tonight. Like it's all these righties against the lefty. I know that the bullpen's terrible too, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really. I, it's going
2: to be tough for them not to score some runs. And again, they're locked in for nine innings too. So that that ninth inning is going to be against somebody that's not good. Like it. Yeah, so By the
3: way, they, I should say this too. I don't. We don't need to talk about that win Friday night, but. So I'm sitting in first really late, and there's only one guy that can really beat me, and he's got four Red Sox. And the White Sox bring in Mankata to pitch, and he's throwing in 50-mile-an-hour meatballs, and all four of this dude's hitters get to come up. He gets his whole stack. I have to fade one home run against four dudes facing a 50-mile-an-hour heater. That was, that was a crazy sweat for that.
2: It's a rough. Yeah, that's the worst way to lose. When like, yeah. You're, oh, you're, I would have
3: been so sick if I lost because of that. Like, and it was a
2: four, four or five run game. What were they doing? It, I believe it was six to one in the ninth inning. Yeah, and, yeah. And you the saw that? Is like the next thing, they were down like fifteen to three, like in the fifth. And like, I got not know if they brought in like uh, so another. <laughs>
3: no. Did you watch it seriously? This guy not only was he throwing meatballs, but he was literally throwing it as soft as he could throw it. Like he was throwing it. He was lobbing it in there.
2: Yes, it was about it was about fifty or so. What <laughs> it was, was like slow pitch softball, the Ephis ball, uh, is what they did <laughs> years ago. Uh, all right, we are behind. Let's knock out the hitters. And again, I, uh, let's talk about catcher. Of course, on draft. you don't need a roster or catcher. Uh, FanDuel, you, you don't DK forces. You want one? Uh, for me, it's probably just like get in and out as cheap as possible. Or if I'm making a tournament lineup, uh, try to grab you know a guy like Randall, who we know Scherzer, you know, is vulnerable to lefties. It's a great, great ballpark for lefty power. But uh, catcher is, once again, spoiler alert, gross.
3: For me, the catcher pretty much is going to be the same strategy every day. It's either a cheap guy on my stack or a guy like Gary Sanchez that can win the slate. And yeah. since Gary's not on the slate, it's just going to be a cheap guy for whatever team I like. I mean, you could name off any of these dudes, but. It really, I mean, none of them stick out. I mean, maybe a random guy that I would say that I, I do like doing this at catcher, too, like throwing a random one-off like J.R. Murphy against Snell. Like, no one's going to play him, and I know he's not in a good spot, but if I get this dude 1% owned and he hits a bomb, like, that's all you need, and these catchers are bad. So I don't mind just taking a weird random shot
2: on a plus-one catcher. They are for sure separators, and, like, there's just no way of figuring out who's going to separate yeah. themselves, so, you know, with all the variants in baseball and all these don't guys. Don't
3: you think are- it's a good spot to just never play a chalk guy? I mean, unless it's, like, Gary in a good spot or something. But, like, why would you play – I don't know the example tonight because no one's going to be that chalky, but anybody, like, Real Muto or somebody, why would you play him as chalk? Like, I, just-
2: I might play Maldonado against Cole just to get in and out. Yeah. I might and do I play him every
3: day, and you get the savings, like,
2: 2400 on DK for
3: him. Sure. Yeah. Like I love that
2: play. Uh, first base, kind of, sort of. Like, first base kind of sucks these days, doesn't it? It's kind of weird. every
3: day it sucks. Like it's yeah. The
2: we do have Pierce, of course, at first base. Is also outfield eligible in DK, and you got Carpenter, who's now first and third base eligible, and, and Carpenter's is way too cheap leading off there against Velasquez. Goldie's pretty cheap too, for what it's worth. Uh, you know Rizzo, I like Rizzo against against Alcantara, but again, I hate that whether they're getting. Uh, You know, not a good discount on that. He's he's super expensive. I think he's an interesting tournament pivot. But for me, uh, I think it's a combination of Pierce and Carpenter, maybe Goldie. Those are the guys I'm looking at. How about yourself?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be almost all Pierce unless I put him in. Pierce is for sure going to be on every team I make tonight on every site. Like, it's just he's too good of a play tonight. And I love the seven hole. But, I mean, he's probably going to be first base. But I know it sounds crazy, but if you want to play two studs, I don't mind playing Chris Davis in that game. Good park. I I mean, I I know it's funny, but if I want to play, say I want to play DeGrom and Garrett Cole together, it's like the type of team I like to build and we've talked about before, me and you. Like, you have to play random dudes. Like, oh, say Chris Davis hits a bomb and Maldonado hits a bomb tonight <laughs> for these two sheep, which isn't completely crazy. It's that's baseball.
2: a pretty ambitious example like, box. But yeah. I don't
3: know if it is, the like, baseball, we always get random stuff from baseball. Mm-hmm. That's the point, random. Maybe not Chris Davis and Maldonado. Like, that's a little extreme, you're right. But the point is he's 3,100 on DK. I'm sure he's, like, 6K on fantasy draft. I'm sure he's 2K on FanDuel. And – uh, like if he hits a bomb which he can it's a good park it's a it's a pitcher that we don't I mean think is that great and then a bullpen that's not great behind him uh, I mean I'm gonna play Pierce but I don't hate Chris Davis for savings and then you play Pierce in the outfield and you got two cheap guys in a good park
2: keystone position second base for me uh, Altuve seems pretty cheap just kind of too cheap I don't know if I can get there well, it's either I'm going to go all the way up at Altuve a or I'm going to go all the way down to a guy like Stevie Wilkerson. That's basically where I'm at, I think. It's kind of a, a decision point for me. There's some guys in the middle that are obviously worth playing, too, if I kind of land on them. What do you do with second?
3: This guy said Pierce is hitting 118. Oh, no, he's hitting 18. I'm pretty nervous, DFS. <laughs> I'm pretty nervous about that 118 average. Check back after tonight. Like all it takes is one night and you win a tournament and he could be hitting 125 after tonight. But you got 125k in your pocket after he hits you a bomb or something like. Uh, yeah, second base, uh, it's kind of an ugly position. I don't see you starting to talk me into this Boston cheap guys with the two aces because Wilkerson's right next to Chris Davis and he's just dirt cheap. He's hit a bomb at least once in the in the cheap range already. I kind of like Brandon Low up top. Uh, I don't. Tampa Bay always seems to score runs, and you got a good umpire in that game. You, you got a bad pitcher the other way. I think I don't like Kelly all that much. I don't hate him up top just because I think everyone will play. Not that I don't. I like Altuve just fine, and Altuve is too cheap, by the way. So yeah, uh, he's gonna. Well, have- well, like if you could only have Altuve
2: or like JD and, and Betts, like. How do you rank those three? I'll two base third.
3: Yeah, I, I rank Boston over everyone else on this slate. I mean, if it's a – a besides, not not talking ownership, of course. Like, they're going to be owned. So, just flat points, like flat better plays, I think Boston is going to – Boston wins every one via one for me.
2: Uh, you mentioned Seamus, everybody at the hot corner. He's definitely somebody to look at. Vladdy Guerrero, Jr., still looking for his first home run, I believe, against Martin Perez, who we've well, said, he's been better this year for what it's worth. Uh, The lefty power on Milwaukee is super interesting against Scherzer. I think maybe rostered two or three of them. Like, there's a very good chance Scherzer gives up a homer to one of these lefties. Which one? I don't know. But they all have power. Moose, Shaw, you know, Yelich. One of them is going to hit one for sure. It's probably a big gamble just for no particular reason. It could be. (laughs) What do you have for your third?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, Carpenter's too cheap on a two-ace team. I mean, for sure, Chavis at the top is my favorite guy. Like, for sure. If I'm playing one dude, one team, and I want the upside, it's him. I mean, I know you can't play all Boston, but like I said, I'm not as afraid to play some chalk in baseball just because I can always find me a random guy to get me off the just, just the crazy lineup. And I probably wouldn't play five Boston either just to be a little different but Chavis is a
2: better strategy just play
3: that have one less it's hard to it depends on the other three guys and your pitchers but I think four if you're you're pretty chalky I think four is better just because it gets you a little different combo but I play enough random dudes that it it doesn't always matter for me Chavis is probably my second favorite though just because he's been so hot and I mean he just missed a bomb again yesterday I think where he he's just been so good and he I, I think he's a really good play but there's a there's a bunch of cheaper guys too that I don't hate like Drury. I know Perez. Like you just said, Perez has been he's been better, but I don't mind Drury as a as a cheaper punt. And just looking in the cheaper range, I mean, there's there's a few there's a few guys down there that you could play. I mean, Carpenter's obviously going to be a really good play tonight at that price. But yeah, I mean, Chavis, just give me Chavis.
2: Yeah, Big T, I was laughing, and somebody in the chat caught your up. We can just cut and splice a certain line you dropped. That was good times for sure. What did I do? <laughs> Read the chat, you'll see it. <laughs> uh, if we jump to the shortstop team. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's we, true. I mean, <laughs> that is true. Good point. for you, man. There are sites for those things. Um
3: one else said, Is that my finger? Yep, that's my finger.
2: <laughs> Speaking of sites for uh, YouTube, if you guys are watching us on YouTube. Profit to like and subscribe. Jump on over here to Rotogrinders.com. We're going to show our premium peek in just a second. We're going to knock out as many questions as possible. Before you step aside and get out of here and make way for it. it's Cardi and Cheese with Broth uh, on, on Crunch Time at 6 15 uh, the East Coast. They think you guys all have to lock. We've kind of sort of neglected the Dodgers to some degree. Like Gaussman, one of the, you know, perfectly fine pitcher, but like there's so many other pitchers that are just better I'm on the, than them on the slate. Uh, like I thought Munty was kind of interesting. I think Turner's kind of interesting, but at shortstop, Seager seems a little bit too cheap. Uh, you know, of course, if you have the money, uh, Xander Bogart's Correa are certainly in, the, in play as well. Young, uh, I don't mind. Where, where are you looking at smart
3: shortstop? Yeah, shortstop, obviously, Xander, I think, is the best play at the top, but he's going to be chalky. So, uh, Correa, you could play on another chalk team. An interesting play for me, though, like just because the price, it just looks ridiculous in this game that we don't think there's going to be offense, but Javi Baez is like a play that I like just because I don't like the whole team. This is a perfect example of a play I think can win you a tournament no one is going to pay $5,900 for Javi Baez outside of, if you're stacking the Cubs, you might. But any other random, like say you got the Red Sox, no one is going to stack the Red Sox and Javi Baez. Like, they're just not going to. So if you play a Red Sox stack and you come back with Baez as your shortstop, then you could play a guy like Josh Smith. You could play a cheaper guy. And if Javi Baez goes for two bombs and maybe a stolen base, massive game, and Z- Xander Bust. You're ahead of every Boston stack just by playing one different dude like
2: that. So the outfield bets J.D. Martinez. You can only take one. Who do you prefer?
3: I always choose J.D. against a lefty and probably Mookie against a righty. But like you said, the bullpen's coming in. They're, they're basically the same play to me. I mean, I could say I like one way more than the other, but it's truly got to be like a coin flip, really.
2: Yeah, I've uh, said before, I think Yelich is a really strong tournament player. You're not getting any discount against or He's 5-5 uh, on DK. I think he's one of the most expensive hitters on fantasy draft as well. Um, that's like
3: a team that could win it, though. Stack five Red Sox, play Javi Baez and Yelich with your <laughs> Red Sox, and maybe two, like, whatever pitchers fit. And, like, that's a team that could win you a tournament.
2: You're playing Josh Smith in that lineup, I think. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's fun, game. though, because yeah. you got a different build. Like, yeah, play him in there.
2: Well, that's the thing is like pitchers can only get so much as far as their ceiling, but yeah, you get if that opens up access to like four or five homers that you wouldn't get otherwise, that more than Boston makes-
3: goes off and you get bombs from your two plus ones, you're going to be right
2: there. I promise you. So give me some, give me some pivots off Boston in the outfield.
3: So I mean, just working your way down the list, like we said, Yelich. I mean, you got a random like Jock Peterson against a guy like Gaussman. You got the Houston guys. I was Springer just like he's been so good this year. I, he's going to be chalky too, though, because everyone that plays Houston he's not. Spot. He's expensive. He's too expensive. He So he's not going to be. Owned. If he's not going to be owned, then I, I love him too. Like, He'll I don't be less like, than like fifteen percent owned. Yeah, and he's just. It feels like he hits a bomb every time in this spot. So. I like him. I mean, I'm trying to find, like, some guys that aren't obvious. Like, I I don't completely hate a guy like Ben Zobrist in the one hole just because he's so cheap, again, on your two-ace team. I don't know. Outfield's always the hardest position for me to talk about because it literally depends on your roster construction. Like, if you're playing Boston, you should always, I think, want at least a couple of those Boston guys. just depends on your team. If you're playing a team with no outfielders and it's a low-owned team, then I'd play some chalk
2: guys. I mean, outfield's
3: it, it, always the hardest for me to get through.
2: I saw Bryce Harper with 16 bucks on Yahoo, just kind of a side you note. Know, that seemed way too cheap. What? there. Harper sucks,
3: man. <laughs> he's a guy I will never play. Like, he's 4,500 <clears throat> on DK, and people just keep jamming him because he's Bryce Harper at four or five, and he just doesn't do anything.
2: He's one of those guys that you probably cover his numbers. And just, you, know, you cover his name and yeah. his numbers. It's like you're kind of surprised. Like, other guys are. Exactly. Probably. That's he, a great point. That's still too cheap, though. Like it, you know, why
3: like, though? Was Stanton too cheap when he struck out a hundred times in a row that <laughs> a couple years
2: ago? I just can't wait for Stanton to be playing like his 17th year in his contract where he's getting paid like $40 million to the Yankees He's out. up there just waving. You think Chris Davis is bad now? Wait till wait. He's gonna be like 38, 39 years old. They like, can like 35, 40 million because that contract is backloaded. Just wait, <laughs> stick around for that one. Like 2027. You're right. It's gonna happen for sure. It's gonna be so bad. Uh, let's do a quick premium peek. Then we're going to do our stacks. We're going to do our dogs. We'll uh, knock out as many questions as, as possible. We can knock, uh, you know, kind of fill in during uh, the next nine minutes or so. You do want to see the, uh, the lineup HQ you were talking about. And let's see if what kind of umpire data is kind of filtered through. What do we have so far? We've got Sam Holbrook, extreme hitters umpire for Blake Snell, for what it's worth, Kelly as well on the other side. Extreme pitchers umpire for Strowman and Perez. Uh, what is your favorite thing? You said it's on here. Of course, there's the premium plate IQ score, which DeGrom is the top guy as far as pitchers. DeGrom Scherzer, Cole, Snell, Paddock. There's ownership rejection in here as well. Of course, that's always fluid. Don't hold Jamino and his team to that because that's always being adjusted as lock is creeping up. You were talking about the the totals, you're talking about the K-prop. What was your favorite thing in here?
3: So just just for me, just so I can tell them what I do. Like I just literally go in every every day when I'm starting my research, I'll go up and where the, where the projections are, I change it to the bat projections from Cardi and then I sort by point per dollar just so I can kind of get an idea of the better values. And then right away, I'll just look at ownership. I'll look at the K, the K props, not usually up early in the day, but right now it's up. And then the umpire data data comes in too. So, I mean, really that's it for me. I'll sort by point per dollar according to Cardi's projections and then K props and umpires are really the, and ownership, of course, are the,
2: the main things I look at. Where's point per dollar? I'm scrolling and I can't see. Right to next
3: to the, it's right to the right of the projection, like three over.
2: Okay. And uh, I can't seem to, oh, now I'm jumping on the wrong page. You know, I'm trying to, I'm, just, I'm still not perfect with as far as my, my Mac. I, it's, I've had Macs for like five or six years. I still can't figure out how to work the finger just yet. But, uh, and you're talking about the projections. Of course, there's the Rotor Riders projections. But Like you said, you can filter in, uh, you can you know, import the bat projections. And this, of course, is uh, how you can build lineups, too, really quickly up to white. Like
3: I've I mean, had the bat for years, and I've never even opened it on any place. But, well, I guess maybe in the beginning I did. But the last two years, I've only opened it on lineup HQ. Like, I've never even opened it in the bat, bat part because it's so nice on this spot. You just pull it up, and you got everything right there.
2: Uh, start loading up some questions there in the chat. you guys. Sorry, we gave kind of an abbreviated look as far as that FHQ. And for what it's worth, some of this is free and some of it's not. I don't know which is which just because I get it all. But I know like if you pull it up and you're not actually paying, you know, if you're just going to go to the page, you can see some of it. Uh, I think the ownership projection is uh, part of premium. But again, uh, you can get a feel of, as far as what's going on out there. Uh, start loading up the questions there and check it out five, six minutes or so before we can knock out as many as possible. Before we step aside, make way for crunch time. T, uh, who are your favorite stacks? tonight?
3: Like we said, Boston is definitely my favorite. I know they're the most chalky, but again, I think if you play the bottom, like Pearson Nunez, maybe two or three of the guys at the top, that's kind of my story. Even Vasquez at the bottom, like, maybe, maybe you don't just go one through five, so you got a few of the bottom guys. I love that, and then kind of just filter in guys, kind of like we said. I mean, you got Yelich, you got wilmer in a weird spot you got maybe a cheap guy like like arizona for example i could see myself playing two arizona guys with my boston guys they're going to be completely unowned and they, they got a good umpire for hitting they got a guy that i don't trust that much and now that's a perfect example of a team i could see myself building like boston four or five guys two arizona guys yelich and whatever two pitchers that i like with it
2: All right, three dudes that are going to go yard. Uh, Make one of these guys, like, somebody goofy, like somebody off one of, like, the top four or five pitchers.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, my two favorite chalk chalk home runs are Pierce and Chavis. But, I mean, just a thought, I I like my guy Wilmer again. Like, no one's going to play him, so he's got to be pretty random. I mean, he's against a lefty, bad park. But he's going to be 2-3% owned against a lefty. I only need one home run, so give me Wilmer
2: um but okay so let's knock out some questions here they're, they're asking like how come you don't love Baltimore is this like is this your team has that been your pet team I have
3: one? no idea why that dude said that like I don't like Baltimore I mean I like like I said I like Wilkerson and Chris Davis just because they're so cheap and they can both hit from the left side of the plate like I I don't really I don't hate them like I could, I could game stack that game for sure but None of those guys get me excited. Really. I guess I could I could play Rio too. So five, six, seven would be where I'd attack Baltimore from.
2: Wrap that around, man. You don't like VR?
3: I can play him, but do I really want to pay that price tag for him? No, but it's a tournament, so like prices don't yeah, matter. I mean, right? I, I could play VR anytime. Yeah, I, I don't mind that.
2: I don't mind Baltimore. All right, let's knock out some questions here. do a little scrolling here. I saw on Twitter that Nats spent seven hours in the tarmac from plane trouble. It was Max. Already had his way to Milwaukee or he's in the plane? I have no idea. It's a, I mean, look, Max those is guys are
3: already there. Like, they always go ahead, don't
2: they? A lot of times they send the next day's pitcher ahead of time. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I don't know what their team policy is. like
3: that's never going to impact Max, anyways. The guy's a straight gamer.
2: What is interesting, though, it's funny, like, and this is also speaks to our lineup. Do you know that uh, as of right now, it looks like Milwaukee's a favorite? Of, it's just a Shafene is a favorite over Scherzer. Isn't that wild?
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the lineups, the lineups are quite the mismatch. <laughs> it's well, actually, actually impressive that, to me, it's actually impressive that Max is basically a coin flip in this game because the lineups, if you flip the lineups, like, say Scherzer was pitching for Milwaukee against Shasin, oh, yeah. like, he'd be like minus 300. <laughs> so uh-huh. it, it, it's quite the mismatch.
2: Herrera versus Gritchick. I think we both preferred Gritchick, correct?
3: I mean, I don't even know who the first dude is. Who'd you, who's Herrera? <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
2: Just cross him off the list, I suppose. We're not playing Herrera tonight. Seriously, like, who is Herrera? Uh, Herrera plays for uh, – oh, it's Odubel. He's back tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, Odubel? I don't know. Some call him Odubel. Some call him, Oduble, some call him Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't
3: hate that, I guess. Who was the other
2: option? uh Richie, I know you touched on earlier in the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, Grichik probably, but I actually don't hate Old I think he's a pretty good play too. Like I you said, I like that, Oduble more just because Grichik. People play him against lefties, and I know I like Martín Perez tonight.
2: So they're asking like Fandle cash bets or JD, and like I don't, don't really know. We talked about that. It's fifty-one forty-nine. They're both like, they're both, they're both great plays. You I could say like, you love one of them, but right
3: away when the other guy hits the bomb, you're going to be like, man, I should have played that one. <laughs> like it's a true coin flip.
2: They want us to take a stand, and I, I usually lean to Mookie just because he's got an out as far as maybe he can steal a base, and JD can't do that. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like the fly, it feels like JD's going to hit like three fly balls or two fly balls yeah. off means
3: in a one game sample too. Like <clears throat> it's literally a coin. Just play them both. Like if you if you really want to play that direction, just play them both so you don't have to
2: choose. But they're probably rostering a you know stud pitcher, which makes it kind of tricky. Like it's it, you can yeah. do it, but it really hurts the rest of your lineup. Uh, you got a two for here, DeGrom and Gritchick versus Cole. I assume that's Garrett Cole and Pierce. I mean, for sure, Cole and Pierce. Either Cole and Pierce for me, like either one of them. Chris Paddock, Cash versus GPP. I would not play him in Cash. His price is too close to the other guys. And uh, he's been super, super efficient. He's also been lucky that he's been hit the ball. has been hit hard off him. But uh, he hasn't been you know has been hurt by that, especially think, the left side. For tournaments, you can play him. Your thoughts as far as Paddock?
3: I mean, it's okay.
2: Yeah uh give me two pitchers to play with a cubby
3: stack two pitchers to, don't don't stack the cubbies with this weather we talked about like I don't want to stack the cubbies but I mean you're gonna to have to play a cheaper guy like that's a good example like I said I think I used this during the show but if you want to play a Josh Smith team I think the Cubs are a good team to do that with because Javi Baez is so expensive and Rizzo is so expensive that and, like, Contreras, that's a perfect example. So, I actually answered this without answering it. You can play Rizzo, Baez, and Contreras, which no one is going to play those three, right. really. Play them with Josh Smith and play whoever you want with them. Play Boston guys, do whatever. But that th- those threesome, I don't like it. But it, uh, I will
2: say that I don't like it. But that could win you a tournament playing those three. Yeah, my thought on that is, like, you know, I, I understand the correlation at 11. My thought is just, like, get two guys from here and two guys from there and get Yelich just. Just like the two or three big bats on three different teams. But I totally understand why you would yeah. do that as well. Uh, why isn't
3: Contreras, especially if you're only going to play two? Because no one's going to pay 4800 on DK for a catcher.
2: Can you rank Springer, Yelich, and Harper? Let's do it for tournaments. I think I Yelich mean, is, is the best tournament to player. I time.
3: think in, uh, Yelich is a, yeah, Yelich, Springer, and then I'm not playing. I'm definitely not playing Harper in anything. So he's third.
2: Team, we got to step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. The aforementioned Cardi and Cheese along with Roth. Any weather it's working out there, Roth will knock it out for you guys. Um, Give me a hot take, maybe a basketball take, a baseball take. Give me something for the road.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a hot take, but basketball, I I definitely like both teams to make it 2-2 tonight. I know that line move in the second game is going hard towards Golden State, but I think Houston wins again. I definitely think Boston wins give me both they're, they're both favored but the public's on both other sides i think a little bit give me
2: boston and houston i don't know if that's a hot take though he's big t of the print factory also hit him up on the twitter machine we're we gonna get you back on there I, dude i'm available you know i'm just uh, I, I don't want to bring that up this week <laughs> <laughs> he's tony i'm dean enjoy your baseball tonight we're out of here oh.
0: And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what. man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.